What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. We are continuing our trek through... Yeah, sorry. I, I drank your coffee when you were gone. <laughs> rude. Yeah, it was rude. rude. But it, it was rude, but it was good. Um, <laughs> through Exodus. And there's a lot going on. And so, like we said, we're going to try to do a brief recap each time. Today, we're doing a podcast <laughs> on episode 13. If you think back to the last week or so, <laughs> we had... 13. <laughs> what did I say? Episode 13? <laughs> sorry. I got all four kids at home right now. My left eye is looking left. My right eye is looking right. <laughs> Got kids climbing counters, swinging from our chandelier, doing all kinds of craziness. Rubbing so, banana in your van. <laughs> yep, that's happening as we speak. Good. Um, we had the plagues, and all the plagues countered different Egyptian gods. Then we had that uh, kind of a statement and teaching on the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And we, we addressed that in the last podcast and how in the ancient Near East, um, genealogies were very important. The firstborns had a higher responsibility, had a higher position of authority. And, uh, and then we go through... The Passover and the Passover lamb and the spreading of the blood above the doorposts and how then the Spirit of God passes over the blood and how really, if you think about it, it's underneath the shed blood comes freedom, comes grace, comes repentance. And so there are a number of passages that talk about Jesus Christ being our Passover lamb. And now we come to Exodus chapter 13, not episode 13. And this is the consecration of the firstborn. So if you're just listening today and haven't read the last couple of chapters or haven't listened to the previous podcasts, Mm. I'd encourage you to hit pause, go back and and listen because it will help inform you as to what we're talking about today. Yeah, it might bring more clarity kind of to how we got where we are. Um, So like Clark said, now we're in this chapter 13 where we're learning about, we're still hearing the importance of the firstborn, um, but we're kind of hearing it in a different setting now. It's about this, the consecration, um, kind of the redemption of the firstborn. And what stuck out to me was actually right away in the chapter in verse 8, and it says something really specific that we're not just supposed to do these things. Because right now, um, the Israelites are getting kind of specific instructions for what to do. Um, they've come out of captivity and they're living totally different lives now. It's, you know, a life of freedom that's not you know, enslaved. And so, oh, you know. Hey, Quinn. So, you know, what are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to act? Hi. And verse 8 stuck out to me. On that day, tell your son... I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And so they're referring to, I think it was, um, you know, not not eating any bread without yeast or, or something. But why that stuck out to me was because that's kind of the power of story, the beginning of storytelling right there, um, is let's do these things as a family. Let's, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. And, um... Let me tell you why we're doing them. And so let's not just go through the motions. Let's not just, you know, be led blindly uh, into what we're doing, whatever it may be. Let's not just do these religious acts. Let's not just uh, be robots, but let's actually do these things with intention. And then let's tell the story of what happened. The story of, you know, that Passover night, the story of when we were saved um, out of Egypt, the story, and really there's, you know, tons of stories uh, of those those days with the plagues. And then in chapter 14, there's that's going to be the story of the Red Sea, which is kind of like this climactic story that if you've heard about um, Moses, that's probably the her, the story that you've heard about. 
Anyway, and so that's kind of the the charge of this verse eight and what stuck out to me was, Bobby, tell your kids uh, Mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing. And so even it just brought me to where we're at present day. Um, You know, we've been in this time of... um, pandemic mode uh in worship and um you know well why why are we watching worship on tv or why are we outside and and you tell them that um we're doing this because we believe that we want to worship in community we want to worship we want to set sundays aside the sabbath day to rest and to remember who god is um and so do these things yes and then tell about them too oh we got the two littles Closing in on us here. And I think the other thing about Exodus 13 that I, I like is that it's calendared. That, that, sorry, we're passing babies over the microphone right now. That the telling of the story is, is actually part of the rhythm of life. And so I'm not sure what that looks like for you. For us, we try to do it around the dinner table. We talk about our day. We recap it. What was the highlight? Where did you meet God? And we usually now, we've read the Bible a number of times, the children's Bible with our kids. We're now not opening the actual book, but encouraging them to tell us the story. And it's fun. It's really fun to hear. So let me transition a little bit. If you're reading Exodus 13, there's some obscure verses in here. Come with the Old Testament. So there's this verse in there talking about to break a donkey's neck. And I believe that verse is, I'm looking right now. Hmm. Sorry, it's like verse 11, 12, 13, 14, sometime in there. Um, what, what's happening there is God's saying, we've consecrated the firstborns. We've set them apart for the Lord. Uh, the Israelite, the Hebrew firstborns were saved because they were underneath the shed blood. When it comes to the animals and the sacrifices for Israel in their worldview, there were clean animals and there were unclean animals. And so the Israelites were having to find the clean animals the firstborn of the clean animals, and offering them as the spotless sacrifice for God. And again, they'd have to do this habitually to you know, symbolize the forgiveness of sins. A donkey now was considered an unclean animal. And the firstborns had to be given to the Lord and consecrated, but the blood of an unclean animal was not to be shed, which is why they break its neck. I know, kind of gross, kind of weird, but... It was a different day and age, something that we can't really relate to today. Um, I'm going to transition now to the second half of this chapter and kind of what stood out to me. I think we've mentioned this before. Have we mm. talked about the angel of the Lord? I think a few times. Okay. Yeah. So every time you read the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, again, this is not a thus saith God. This is a 100% fact, but I am 99% convinced in my own heart that the angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ himself. And so the angel of the Lord appearing to uh, different people, especially in Genesis. Here are some examples I've got for you of the angel of the Lord appearing, and then I'm going to tie it back into Exodus 13. So the angel of the Lord, he claims to have divine authority. Mm -hmm. What else, Bob? What else does he have for us? He is a distinct divine person. That's out of 2 Samuel and Zechariah. He exhibits divine attributes. That's back in Genesis uh, chapter 16. Yeah, he performs divine actions. He judges. He receives divine homage and worship. He is identified as God in Genesis 16, Genesis 22, Genesis 31. So with all that being said, the angel of the Lord came up in the burning bush. Now in Exodus 13, you have the first of many important appearances of the glory cloud. 
So in Exodus, the question I want to present to you is, what do the appearances as the glory cloud of God teach us about the Son of God? When you go through from Exodus 13 on now, you're going to have the cloud of of smoke and the pillar of fire protecting God's people. And if you notice, it says it's the angel of the Lord is with them. And so Exodus 13, you read about him. Exodus 14, let me pull this up real quick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exodus 14, verse 19, Then the angel of God, or the angel of the Lord, was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and Mm -hmm. stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. So that's what you're going to read tomorrow. But if you go back to Exodus 13, Mm -hmm. which is where we're at today, the last few verses says, As they moved, this is verse 20, as they moved on from Succoth and encamped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in the pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Hmm. And so when I think about this, I think about how God has promised in the Psalms here in Exodus, even Jesus' own words, to lead and to protect us, to be with us. And so here you have this visual of God going before his people, God going behind his people, but God always being with his people. Mm -hmm. And so I think of those promises that God gives us, God's promise to protect us. Mm -hmm. Now, Hmm. One of the guys in my, my Bible study asked us last week, he's like, but what does that really mean? Because God promises to protect us, yet we all have cancer. We have people, um, loved ones who've lost a tragedy. What does he mean there? Oftentimes, it's David crying out when hmm. Saul's chasing him, and God did, in fact, protect him physically. And God has, in fact, protected many of us physically. But more importantly, it's about God protecting our hearts and our souls, not only for our time on earth, but for all eternity. That God's mm-hmm, security, mm-hmm. that he's, he's um, you know, given us that gift of faith, it's a gift of grace, that what he's given can't be lost if it's a genuine, um, really, acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And mm-hmm. so while I pray and still hope for physical safety for me, for you, Bob, for our kids, um, I pray for that. And I also acknowledge mm-hmm. that we're in a sinful, broken world, and sometimes hardship and tragedy comes. So with that being said, I'm still praying, God, thank you for going before us. Yeah, thank you going behind us. It's interesting that because in chapter 13, it's uh, the cloud of glory and the, and the pillar of fire in front of them. And so then what we learn about about Jesus in this Old Testament verse is that he leads, like Clark said. And what kind of resonated with me in that a little bit is that um, that we need to follow. We still have an active role to play. We are following. We are looking toward him. We are looking at him for direction. We're lifting our eyes to see him. And so there's still this active role that we play in participating. And if you actually flip to the Gospels, um, you'll notice that that actually sounds like the exact words of Jesus in the Gospels when he's inviting um, the disciples to follow him. Literally, you know, I'm just thinking of Matthew and his tax collector in his tax collector booth. And he says, Matthew, son of Alphaeus, follow me. And it's, I mean, it's the same charge to the Israelites. They're looking ahead at this cloud, this glory cloud, and this pillar of fire, following. They're actively following. And so I think that was just an encouragement um, in my heart as well from Exodus 13 um, to seek 
uh, to seek his face mm-hmm. and to actively follow. Yeah, so thanks for listening to us. Thanks for bearing with us with the children coming in and out. <laughs> I know it's probably entertaining for you, um, but hopefully it's um, easy enough to follow along as we look at it. So recapping, one, what's the legacy of story? And are we willing to tell our kids and tell our family members and kind of recap God's faithfulness and what he's done? And then lastly, the angel of the Lord continues to pop up and he's in the glory cloud, the pillar of fire. And he promises to go before us and behind us. I think I think that's all we got for you guys today. So, hey, God bless you. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.